From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. This broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. This week, Dr. Cairns continues a series of studies on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, a subject of vital importance for the Church of Jesus Christ. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, found in his collection called Morning and Evening. This morning's text is found in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. All that the believer has must come from Christ, but it comes solely through the channel of the Spirit of all grace. Moreover, as all blessings thus flow to you through the Holy Spirit, so also no good thing can come out of you in holy thought, devout worship, or gracious act, apart from the sanctifying operation of the same Spirit. Even if the good seed be sown in you, yet it lies dormant, except he worketh in you to will and to do of his own good pleasure. Do you desire to speak for Jesus? How can you unless the Holy Ghost touch your tongue? Do you desire to pray? Alas, what dull work it is, unless the Spirit maketh intercession for you. Do you desire to subdue sin? Would you be holy? Would you imitate your master? Do you desire to rise to superlative heights of spirituality? Are you wanting to be made like the angels of God, full of zeal and ardor for the master's cause? You cannot without the Spirit. Without me ye can do nothing. O branch of the vine, thou canst have no fruit without the sap. O child of God, thou hast no life within thee apart from the life which God gives thee through his Spirit. Then let us not grieve him or provoke him to anger by our sin. Let us not quench him in one of his faintest motions in our soul. Let us foster every suggestion and be ready to obey every prompting. If the Holy Spirit be indeed so mighty, let us attempt nothing without him. Let us begin no project, carry on no enterprise, and conclude no transaction without imploring his blessing. Let us do him the due homage of feeling our entire weakness apart from him, and then, depending on him alone, having this for our prayer. Open thou my heart and my whole being to thine incoming, and uphold me with thy free spirit, when I shall have received that spirit in my inward parts.
sitzt. Pastor A.W. Tozer was one of the spiritual giants of the 20th century, a self-made scholar with an insatiable hunger for the deep things of God. He was known to often burn the midnight oil in his study, seeking a more profound experience of his Lord and Savior. His book, The Pursuit of God, is the result of long meditation and much prayer. It is not a collection of sermons. It does not deal with the pulpit and the pew— but with the soul athirst for God. Some of the chapter titles include Apprehending God, The Gaze of the Soul, and Meekness and Rest. Let the Bible Speak is pleased to offer complete reprints of this timeless devotional help free of charge. For your copy of The Pursuit of God, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your free copy of The Pursuit of God.
This week on Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Alan Cairns continues his series of studies in the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Today he'll bring the opening portion of a message focusing on the work of the Holy Spirit in regeneration. The text is John chapter 6, verse 63, where the Lord Jesus Christ said of the Holy Spirit, It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. In other words, the Holy Spirit is the one who imparts life to dead souls. Now, Dr. Cairns will introduce this message, The Work of the Holy Spirit in Regeneration. John chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, our ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. And one other verse which we'll use as a text over in John's Gospel, chapter 6, and in verse 63. <clears throat> John 6 and 63. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Amen. The Lord will add his own blessing to the reading of his word for his name's sake. The words of John 6 and 63 will be of special interest to us today. The first half of the verse, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. In our studies in the person and work of the Holy Spirit, we commence today that part of the subject that concentrates on the operation of the Holy Spirit in the lives of individual men. Thus far, we have been looking at the teaching of the Bible uh, in a broad way, in a general sense, we have seen the Holy Spirit in creation. We have seen the Holy Spirit in the inspiration of Scripture. We have seen the Holy Spirit as He operated in the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have traced the teaching of Scripture as it dealt with the personality of the Spirit, the eternal and proper deity of the Spirit. And last Lord's Day, even, we looked somewhat at the mysterious doctrine of the procession of the Spirit. 
We have seen in Scripture the various emblems that are used to describe to us the Holy Spirit. He's uh, given to us as far as the Bible represents Him under the symbol, for instance, of fire and wind and dove and other symbols such as these. We have looked at all these things and thus far we have been laying a very general foundation for a more particular investigation of what the Bible teaches concerning the work of the Spirit of God in the lives of individual men. Mostly we're going to be looking at the work of the Spirit in the lives of those whom He saves. Though, as we proceed, there will, of course, be reference to some particular Scriptures where the Holy Ghost deals with men who live and die unconverted. But today, as we begin to look at this area of the Spirit's work in the lives of individual people, we will notice that the work of the Holy Ghost in the life of the believer originates with the act of regeneration. Regeneration is peculiarly the act which is carried out by the Holy Spirit. And so, very simply today, we want to look at the work of the Holy Ghost in regeneration. When we come to this word, I realize that in our authorized version it is used in a sense that speaks of prophecy in the regeneration. It's looking to the end of this age. I'm not using that word regeneration in a prophetic sense when uh, the Lord will come and uh, when the Lord will reign. I'm not speaking of that regeneration. That's the regeneration of what you could call the whole cosmos. I'm speaking of the regeneration of individual souls. And that brings us to the very beginning of eternal life in the Christian. Now the Holy Spirit, and I need to emphasize this because some preachers preach as if this were not so, especially some uh, Calvinistic preachers. They're not very good Calvinists and they're not very good preachers, but they do need to be corrected therefore. Uh, they speak as if the Holy Spirit never had any dealings with a man prior to or apart from regeneration. Now, that would not be true. The Holy Ghost does have dealings with men who are unsaved and with men who remain unsaved. And that adds all the more heavily to their responsibility and to their guilt. We will look at those scriptures in due course in this series of messages. The Holy Spirit's conviction of sin is a real conviction. And we will have to take note of that in due course. But regeneration commands our very special attention just because it is the absolute beginning of spiritual life in any man. Now, the Word of God has various descriptions that it gives of regeneration. Let me list some of them for you. 
For instance, it speaks of the new birth. We have read today in John 3, Jesus said, Ye must be born again. Now, I'm going to be keeping this not as a theological lecture, but as a message. There's a difference very often. Every theological uh, lecture should have a message for those who are hearing it. Tragically, they don't all have a message, except please avoid this folly. But uh, they ought to have a message. But a message that's preached is different from a lecture. I'm not going into the differences this morning. Uh, however, I do need to say this to you, that theologically, rationally, whatever word you want to use, you can draw a distinction between regeneration and the new birth. They are not absolutely identical, but they're very, very closely aligned. Just as in the natural realm, there is a difference between the conception of life and the birth of a child. The conception of life is the absolute origination of life. The birth is the coming forth of the child with all its faculties into this world. And of course, that is very closely linked to the conception. And it is the natural result of it. Louis Berkhoff, one of the greatest theologians of this century in this country, a man of great eminence in biblical knowledge, I think is the one who emphasizes this distinction. And if you keep it in mind, especially you young people, you young men who are setting out to do some deep study and prepare yourselves for the gospel ministry, you will find that it will make a lot of sense to you. And it will bring together a lot of scriptures that otherwise are causing problems when you recognize that there is a difference between the absolute origination of life and the birth. Now, you can draw that distinction. I'm not pursuing that this morning. Rather, I'm going to lump regeneration and the new birth all together because they are so closely allied. In John 3, this regeneration or this new birth is properly called a birth from above. When Jesus said, ye must be born again, the word that is used there is the Greek word anothen, which means from above. I'm not going to do a word study through the New Testament today to show you that that word usually and basically has that significance. But that's a good thing to keep in mind. I like to... I was going to use a very Northern Irish word there that none of you would have understood. So let me try to get back to English. Uh, I like to take a little side journey now and again when I'm preaching. Let me take one. When you emphasize the meaning of that word in John 3, born from above, on a completely different subject, you turn to Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, and you find that Luke says, here's the reason why I'm writing in order these things in this Gospel, that uh, from the very beginning... He says, from the very first, I have had a perfect knowledge of these things. And it's the same Greek word, from the very first. 
Luke did not have a knowledge of the gospel from the very first and point of time, for he was not among the twelve disciples. He was not there. He was a Gentile who was later saved. So how can he say this? Because this word means I have a perfect knowledge from above. That's where Luke got his knowledge. When I hear all these, uh, again, I was going to use a British expression. It's very difficult even after seven years in the flow of speech to not use expressions people uh, don't understand. Let me get back to American. I don't know how you would say what I was going to say, but uh, I get fed up listening to these little theological geniuses they think themselves to be who talk about Luke sitting down to study Mark's gospel to see what he could put in his own gospel. Now, I'm sure if Luke had Mark's gospel, he would have had the wit to read it. Anybody who believes in inspiration would read the Word of God. But these people try to tell us that there was Luke and there was Matthew and they, in order to get their facts right, they were studying what Mark said. And indeed they were going back behind Mark uh, to a mysterious document that I don't believe ever existed called Q. And there he was going through Q. One great theologian actually wrote a book called The Gospel According to Q. That would make great reading in Northern Ireland. Tremendous reading, especially in the country parts, because that would add a new saint to the calendar. For over there, the men who are, have a name that's spelled H-U-G-H in many parts of the country are called Q. And so they'd be running around looking for this new saint Q, or Hugh as you would call him. But this is the sort of stupid follies people get into. Luke says, I have my knowledge from above, from that immediate revelation and operation of God the Holy Spirit. How was the New Testament written? Exactly as the Old Testament was, was written, holy men of God speak as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. That's how we got our Bible. Now that's just by the way. But that will emphasize the meaning of the word in John 3. How did I get life? I got life in exactly the same way, if I could put it that way, as Luke got uh, his inspiration. I got my regeneration immediately, directly from above. Ye must be born from above. It's a new birth, but it's a birth from above. James 1.18. It is called a begetting by the will of God, by his own will, he begat us, James says. In Ephesians 2 and 1, it is called a quickening, or a reviving, or a bringing forth from the dead. You who were dead in sins, hath he quickened. In John 5 and 24, regeneration is called by Christ, passing from death unto life. That is passing from a state of death into a state of life. That is regeneration.
You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We are here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. Music